If we want to grow in our understanding, in our evolution, but we find that we're not quite ready to grow all the way at once, so we have limitations, and yet on some level we know we have to get past those limitations, how can we accept where we are and yet grow at the same time? Well, I don't really understand your question, but the basic thing is we have to accept reality, whatever it may be, and what we are is a part of that reality. So we have to get rid of the self-justifying tendency of the mind, that I have done a thing, it may seem wrong, but it's right for these reasons and so on. We've got to get rid of this tendency to justify ourselves, which always means justifying your, your errors. That it's not really an error, really, uh, it just seems like an error. We've got to get rid of that. Let me ask it a different way. I didn't get it quite right. Supposing I know that I need to change, but I'm not actually ready to change. Should I accept the limitation for a time, or should I somehow mentally reject that? <laughs> I th think that's an impossible question. <laughs> the thing is that we have to accept ourselves as we are, and if we choose to be ignorant and tell ourselves that I can't help being ignorant, then accept that. But you've got to reach the point where you, you realize that this world, if you continue in delusion, you're going to also suffer. And so from complacency, you go to the point where you desperately need to change things. And when you've reached that point, then you start thinking, how can I be better than I am? Most people are perfectly content with what they are. And they may know intellectually that they ought to change, but uh, they haven't suffered enough to want to. That's really the reason for suffering. Mm. We would be content in this world if it weren't for that horrible thing that every now and then we uh, fall into great suffering. Mm. And it's really suffering that drives us toward where we ought to go, drives us toward truth, drives us toward self-understanding, drives us toward the right path that we ought to take. But suffering is a great blessing. Swami, um, what is courage? Which? Courage. What is courage? Courage is willingness to accept whatever comes because it's the right thing to do. There's foolish courage that uh, doesn't think in terms of right and wrong. That kind of courage always ends up banging its head. But right courage based on wisdom is based on understanding that whatever suffering comes, it's worth going through because of the results. The, the pain is temporary, the benefits will be long-term. So that kind of courage to face suffering and to strive to overcome is rooted in faith. Is really what? Is rooted in faith. Faith, I suppose so. Otherwise, how would you know to continue on? I remember when I was 13, I was new in America. I'd been 
brought up in Europe. I was born an American, but I was born in Romania of American parents. And uh, I had an English accent, and I was 13. I weighed 107 pounds. There was a boy in the school who was 15, weighed 230 pounds. He decided I was an insult to the American flag oh. with my English accent and my foreign ways. And he decided he'd really get, get even with me. And uh, he burst into my room and just beat me up. And we were three stories up and I remember him panting, I'm gonna throw you out the window, I'm gonna throw you out the window. And there was just nothing I could do about it. I, I was much weaker than he. And so I just simply covered my head so he couldn't hurt me too much. And later on, people asked me, well, why didn't you cry for help? And I said, because I wasn't afraid. If it has to happen, let it happen. I noticed because I didn't get upset with him and didn't cry and so on, he never came close to me again. He never touched me again. He didn't know what to handle, what to do with it. There was a time in, Germ in England, too, when I was in school there, a German boy, Gunter Birkenau, his name was, he was a German Jew, and I guess he wanted to take it out on others because of the way he'd been treated in Germany, but he again was much bigger than I. And uh, I was upstairs, I came out of the art department, and he was, he was, and I were alone, I met him in the hallway, so he pushed me. Well, I had to push him back, but I didn't, I knew that it would be my undoing, but I wasn't going to cringe before him. And so then he took this aggression on my part as his excuse to throw me on the floor and start beating me. And he just beat me. And uh, I remember upperclassmen came in. They were afraid of him too. He was an upperclassman. I was a lower classman. And, uh, they said, oh, everything's fair, and they backed out of the room. But uh, he, he, he never touched me again. He did beat me up, but there was, he didn't, there was no fun in it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't give in. Right. Wow. So you had that quality somehow then. Well, this means just taking what comes hmm. and don't let it affect you. Does, does discouragement relate to courage, if one feels discouraged? I think it, it must, of course. The words say it, don't they? Hmm. Courage and discourage. You've lost your courage in, in the face of certain great obstacles. I, I think that we should never be discouraged. We should know that God is always there. And, you know, another thing to think about is that this world is based on duality. So that for every plus there is a minus. Like God, when created the universe, he created waves of vibration. And for every up wave is a down wave of trough. You can't change the level of the ocean by having a big wave. They'll always have to have its opposite. So in this world, we have duality. And for every success, there will be a failure. For every failure, there will be a success, and it will be equal and opposite. So whatever failure, whatever discouragement you have, sooner or later it will change. And if you understand that, then you have to say that no matter what suffering, 
what punishment, what failure, what discouragement you go through, it will change. So why, get, why be affected by it? We should learn to go through life without being affected by the world. That's very difficult in many situations. I'm well, thinking of concentration camps or uh, persecution of all kinds. One of the best ways to overcome things like that is by giving to other people. There was one very interesting time Yogananda went with some of his disciples to some sort of a show, I don't know what it was, but uh, Mira, her name was, was sitting, was the disciple, she was sitting next to him. And he said afterwards, I noticed you're, you were very interested in that little girl. There was a girl and in front of her was about three years old, just a little child. And she said, yes, Master, I couldn't take my eyes off her. And he said she, was, she died last, in her last life in a concentration camp. And that's why you see the sadness in her. But she gave to other people and helped other people. And because of that, she's become a saint. And that's why you see also this wisdom. And she is a fascinating girl for those two reasons. Mm -hmm. Swami, was Yogananda ever discouraged? Never. Never. That was the one of, of the really beautiful things about him. He had so much opposition. So many people betrayed him. So many, um, well, I said it, opposition. And yet he always smiled. There were times when, there was one time he had so many financial obligations and he walked out into the desert. He said, Divine Mother, I'm not going to turn back. I'm, I didn't ask for these burdens. I didn't ask for all these debts. I just want to love you and serve you. And she said that, uh, um, I am your stocks and bones, dance of death and dance of life, know that these come from me, and as, su as such rejoice. And she said that, and when he came back, he found the money that he needed there to pay that mortgage and so on. So, but he was never discouraged. Sometimes, yes, he wanted to throw it all away, but that wasn't out of discouragement. That was out of saying, what am I really here for? I, I really only want to love God. So in a sense, he was challenging God, <laughs> but never discouraged. But that was one of the amazing things about him. Did, were people in America ready to hear what he had to share? Well, he came because they were ready. Otherwise, he wouldn't have come. But they became gradually more ready. By the time he left the body, there was much openness to him. He was, he's had to face a great deal of opposition from Christians and from all kinds of people. But he had tremendous success. He was probably the m most successful public speaker in the country. Did he run into prejudice because of his dark complexion? He also ran into that. When he went to Miami, um, the police chief there ran him out of town because he thought he was a Negro. That, that's an unfortunate thing. That's our bad karma in America, this racial prejudice. People are people everywhere. And the color of the skin is purely superficial.
In fact, an interesting thing is those who die hating whites will be born black, but will be born whites. Those who die hating blacks will be born black, mm -hmm. just to know what it's like. <laughs> so, everything evens itself out in this world. Whatever um, plus there is, there will have to be balanced by a minus. We have to understand that we don't, we, if we work for success, we, ha we can't have it permanently. We have to lose it sooner or later. Mm -hmm. This is one of the things that keep people, finally make people seek God. No thing is permanent until you've found God. No fulfillment, no success, no joy. Everything depends upon duality until you go beyond it and find God.